Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm Evangelist Wanda Clay, sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come giving you praises and glory. Forgive all our sins, Heavenly Father, through Jesus. Give us a clean and forgiving heart and help those needing help in any way that's needed. Turn all wrong into right, Lord, and fix it in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we say yes to your name because we're so thankful for all the things you do for us, making ways out of no way, and somehow you're there for us. And we thank and praise your holy name. We ask that you touch everyone listening or reading your word with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help us learn to focus more on you and less than the world, Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless Blog Talk Radio spiritually and financially and that you build us up in your word. Heavenly Father, give everyone faith and grace and help us to love and forgive one another. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Before I get started with our lesson, let me again thank Brandy's Place and Minister Joel Lewis for giving me the opportunity to be on Blog Talk Radio. I'm here on Blog Talk Radio three Wednesdays each month from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Plus, you're welcome to visit our group on Facebook at Peace Keep God First. We're available 24 hours with Bible study, questions and answers, jokes, recipes, quotes, flowers, and so much more. Now, due to time on Blog Talk Radio, I will give you some points and key verses on our lesson. Let us get into our lesson. Our lesson comes from 1 Timothy chapter 5. Here the apostle number one directs Timothy on how to reprove verses 1 and 2. Number two of verse two, widows, both elder and younger, verses three through 16. And number three, he averts to elders, verses 17 through 19. Number four, the treats of public reproof in verse 20. Number five, he gives a solid concerning ordination in verses 21 and 22. And number six, he refers to his health in verse 23, and he states men's sins to be very different in their effect in verses 24 and 25. In chapter 5, here Paul continues to give Timothy instruction. 
Christians for being the overseer of any church as well as the church in Ephesus since Timothy was new and young in office who had senior citizens working with him. So Paul wants Timothy to be prepared. And he talks to to him about moving too fast, putting people in office who aren't qualified, because he says that it'll come back to Biden and how to dress each person differently. Verses 1 through 2. He gives him four rules. Now the verses supporting verses 1 through 2 are as follows. 2 Timothy 4 2. Jude 22. And Hosea 2 and 2. In verses 1 through 2, the apostle gives Timothy rules for him and other ministers to preach the word and to reprove and reprove them when necessary. So he gives Timothy four rules to help him out on conducting the church. Number one was to be very tender in rebuking elders because of their age and because of their office. And that respect must be given to them. And therefore, they must not be rebuked harshly, even though Timothy himself was an evangelist who had authority. He must entreat them as father, for this would be the likely way to work with them and to win their respect. And number two, Paul told him that younger men must be rebuked as a brethren with love and tenderness, and not to pick quarrels, but as being willing to make the best of them. And he says that there is need of a great deal of meekness in rebuking those who deserve rebuke. And number three, he says, that the elder woman must be reproved as mothers. And number four, that the younger women must be reproved as sisters with all purity and respect. So we move down to verses 3 through 16, where Paul puts the script, and he gives direction of taking widows into the number of those who were employed and had support from the church. The supporting verses for verses 3 through 16 are as follows. Acts 6 and 1, Jeremiah 49, 11, Luke 2 and 37, Matthew 15 and 5, and Revelations 2 and 4. Now, Paul wrote Timothy to honor certain widows, to maintain them and admit them into office. Not red like women of the world. Women 60 and older 
love. In those times, widows were employed in office in the church where they tend to sick and the age by the direction of the deacons. We read a prayer taken of widows admittedly upon the first forming of the Christian church. The general rule is to relieve widows with respect and tenderness who were devout, not widows that live in the pleasure of the world, and God who are helped by the charity of the church in verses 5 and 6. Paul says it is the duty and comfort of those who are desolate to trust in God. Therefore, God sometimes brings his people into situations that they may be more confident and have more trust in him. And he says that those who trust in God must continue in prayer. If by faith we confide in God, by prayer we must give glory to God and commit ourselves to his guidance. Now, the prophetess Anne was a widow who didn't depart from the temple, but she served God with fasting and prayer day and night. She's not a widow that lives in pleasure in verse 6. Paul says that those who live in pleasure are spiritually dead and trespasses and sin. That they are in the world buried alive as to the great ends of living. And another rule he gives is that the church should not be torched with the maintenance of those widows who have relatives of their own who are able to care for them in verse 4. If any widow has children, nephews, grandchildren, or near relatives, let them care for them. Church not be burdened. And verse 16. This is called showing pivoty at home, or showing pivoty toward their own families. In verse 4. He wrote that children can never sufficiently repay their parents for the care and the pain that they have taken with them. And it is the indispensable duty of children if their parents are in necessity and they have the ability to relieve them to do it to the utmost of their power. For this is good and it's acceptable before God. Now, the Pharisees taught that a gift to the altar was more acceptable to God than relieving a poor parent. But here we are told that it is better than all burnt offerings and sacrifices that is good and it is acceptable before God. And he speaks of this again in verse 8, that if any men or women do not maintain their own relatives who belong to them, they deny the faith. For the desire 
of Christ was to confirm the law of Moses, and particularly the law of the fifth commandment, which is honor thy father and mother, so that those who deny the faith disobey that law, provide for their wives or children who are part of themselves, and they spend that upon their lusts, which should maintain their families, they have denied the faith, and they are worse than infidels. One reason why this care must be taken is that those who are rich should maintain for their poor relatives and not burden the church with them, in verse 16. And Paul wrote that misplaced charity is a great hindrance to true charity, and it shouldn't be thrown away upon those who don't need it, so that there may be more for those who are real subjects of charity. And he gives directions concerning the characters of the widows that are to be taken into the number to receive the church's charity. And number one, he says, those that are not under 60 years old, and that she must have been the wife of one man, a housekeeper, who had a good name for hospitality and charity and was well reported uh, for her good works. And here's some instances of good works by good lives. If she brought up children. Now, he doesn't say if she birthed children, but if she brought up children, because children are heritage of God. If she had lodged strangers and watched saints speak. If she had uh, relieved the afflicted when she had the ability, let her be relieved now. Those who find mercy when they are in distress must show mercy when they're in prosperity. And he cautions them to take heed of abiding the young widows who are likely to be of no credit to them in verse 11. And he says that young widows will be weary of their employments in the church and living by the rules as they must do. So let them marry and cast off their first faith. You read of a first love, and here we read of a first faith. If this faith referred to a promise made to the church not to marry, it couldn't be called their first faith. Besides, the apostle here advising young widows to marry in verse 14. If not, they'll learn to be idle and tapless and to make mysteries among neighbors and show discord among brethren in verse 13. And he says, those who had not attended to such a gravity of mind as was fit for deaconess, let them marry and bear children. 
both under the law and the gospel, has taken care that his ministers will be well provided for. Will God take care of an ox who labors and he won't take care of his own servants? The ox on its strength of the corn of which they make the bread that perishes. But ministers break the bread of life which endures forever. This God's appointment, those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel as the reward of the laborer. And here, Paul flips the script again concerning the accusation of ministers in verse 19. And Paul said, don't receive an accusation against an elder but before two or three witnesses. Here is the scripture method or proceeding against an elder when accused of a crime. Paul says, if there is an accusation brought against an elder, this accusation is not to be received unless supported by two or three credible witnesses, and the accusation must be received before the um, accused and the accusers face-to-face because the reputation of a minister is a tender thing. And therefore, before anything be done, in the least, to blemish that reputation, that great care should be taken that the thing alleged against him be well proved. In verse 20, are those that sin before all rebuke before all, and that those who are in danger of sinning by the example of their fall may take warning by the rebuke given them for it that others may fear. And he also says that public scandalous sinners must be rebuked publicly as their sin has been public and committed before many. So their reproof must be public and before all. And he says that public rebuke is designed for the good of others that they may fear as well as for the good of the party rebuked under the law, that public offenders should receive public punishment, that all Israel may hear and fear and do not do wickedly things anymore. Here Paul flips the script again concerning the uh, ordination of ministers in verse 22, and Paul tells Timothy not to lay hands suddenly on no man in the ordaining of men to the office of ministry, and not to be done rationally and before the trial made of their gifts, grace, and their abilities and their qualities for it. And Paul says that we 
over ourselves at all times, that we do not make ourselves partakers against rash uh, ordination of ministers or obsolete of those who have been on the church censors. He said, to lay hands suddenly on no man. Those who are rash, either in one case or another, will make themselves partakers in other men's sins. We must keep ourselves pure by the grace of God who makes who keeps us pure. Verses 24 and 25 seem to refer that some men's sins are open beforehand and some follow after. And some men's sins are so plain and obvious when going before judgment that ministers need a great deal of wisdom to know how to accommodate themselves to the variety of offenses and offenders that they deal with, and that sinners must be differently dealt with by the church. For God will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and he manifested the counsels of all hearts. And Paul again puts the script concerning Timothy himself, and he gives a charge to him to be careful of his office. And Paul says, I charge thee before God, as thou wilt answer thee to God before the holy and elect angels, to observe these things without uh, partiality. In verse 21. And he says, It will become ministers to have respect of person. And he charges him by all that is dear before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels to guard against partiality. And he says that ministers must give an account to God and the Lord Jesus Christ whether and how they have observed all things given to them in charge. And he says, woe to them if they have been partial in their ministration out of a worldly group. And he ends by charging him to take care of his health, to drink no longer water, as Paul advises him to use his wine for the helping of his stomach and the recruiting of his nature, because some waters were polluted. It is the will of God that people should take all due care of their bodies. And he says that wine is most proper for sickly and weak people whose stomachs are often out of order and who labor under infirmity. He says to give strong drink to him that's ready to perish and wine to those who are of heavy heart. And he said that wine must be used as a help, not a hindrance, to our work, and it is useful. This ends our Bible study for now. I pray something has been said to shine some light on God's word for you. See you next time, right here, same time, Every Wednesday, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at P.
God first. First being written 1ST. And don't forget to check in with God from time to time. It's free. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again.